Every gamer has that one game they want all of their friends to play. Maybe it's old. Maybe it's new. Maybe it's obscure. Or maybe it's the game that everyone is playing. Whatever it is, it's that one game you love to talk about. Join us as we ask each other to try this game. Adam, you feel like jumping around and squishing some mushrooms and maybe going underwater for a bit in a weird little submarine and then visiting pyramids and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Would you like to do all this while playing on a brick? Define playing. Well, to be fair, the original Game Boy, which I owned, the Generation 1 Game Boy, was a brick. It really, really it. was. It was huge. You ever see one of the original Game Boys? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. yes, I have. Yeah, Those are not small little things. No, in, in 1989, my parents decided they were going to have like a second honeymoon. So in December, <laughs> they they hauled us off to Maui. And I'm the only okay. person in the universe who would have hated that. And I did because I hate the heat. But what they did for the flight from you know Calgary to Vancouver to Hawaii is they got us a Game Boy. And in it was a few games, Tetris, which is still the best version. Uh, but also a game called Super Mario Land, which is what we're playing today. It was you know, developed and published by Nintendo. It came out in 89. Uh, these days, I'm sure you can find it on whatever virtual consoles out there, probably for the Switch or whatever. I think a lot of people sort of dismiss it because it's a Game Boy game. But in many ways, this is still my favorite of the, Mario, of the you know, old school Mario platformers. Okay, uh, fair. It's... I mean, there's no description. It's Super Mario Brothers. It just happens to be in, you know, two colors and, you know, green and black. It's got a slightly different feel. It doesn't like, you know, there's a particular feel to Super Mario Brothers, the original, like just how beautiful the movement and the jumping is and how accurate it is. This is also that good, but it's not the same. So, you know, before we hit record, you said it feels a little janky. And I wonder if it's just not the Super Mario you're used to. Maybe I'm also not the best at 2D platformers, so like okay. I'll I'll give it some slack there. Um, that that's that's probably a bunch of contributing factors. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it it definitely felt off. I mean, also the fact that I had a difficult time configuring a controller for that specific emulator. Really? Um, yeah, I don't I don't know why. I just didn't want to work, so I was playing with A and S as my A and B buttons. Oh my god! The, yeah, that's yeah. yeah so. that's... That's that's brutal, yeah. You really got to play this with a pad. I mean, I've got this little thing called a BitBoy Pocket Go, which is this tiny mm-hmm. little emulator thing. Um, I probably bought this game like four or five times, but it's super good. And and like I was saying before the uh, before we started recording, I was I hadn't played this in years, and I was shocked at how much I enjoyed it. And the you know we always say play for an hour, but for simpler games like this, you can do half an hour. I wound up playing through the whole first world because it's structured just like Mario Super Mario Brothers mm-hmm. World One. One 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 two one three one four whatever and there's a boss at the end which is just like the first one you know just like yeah. Super Mario Brothers it's, with Bowser it's Bowser yeah yeah and then you know the second like the first world is very much the Mushroom Kingdom and the second one is very Egyptian like the music is Egyptian and so maybe that's the way it is maybe I just wasn't paying that close attention but nonetheless I really like this game it's got the same feel you know if you've played Super Mario Brothers one you know how to play this game yeah uh, you you. Know, you you Go can ahead. pick this up and intuitively just play this 
it, it doesn't have a learning curve. It doesn't have any kind of floor prerequisite to walk into. So yep. long as you've got the the materials to play it, you're you can pick this thing up and give this to just about anybody to play. Yeah, I mean, there's slight differences like the, I mean, it was made in an era of the original Game Boy, so it's it's, sure. you know, it's a little underpowered. So when you get the Fire Flower, it's just like a cannonball, just this black, yeah, you know, black <laughs> ball. Uh, but it bounces, which is neat because then you can hit things on the rebound, mm -hmm. hit things behind you. You know, there are some different enemies, you know, than you'd find in the other games. But otherwise, it's a pretty cool game, and yep. it's got a good feel to it. It's probably going to cost you five bucks on on the virtual console and again i think a lot of people discount it because it's just a game boy game but here's the thing some of those original game boy games are still the best versions of that series like tetris i would argue that the game boy the original game boy version of tetris is the definitive version hmm. and i know i'm not alone in that i still play it uh, okay. a lot and it's just it's got the right look and it's got the right music and it just handles just perfectly and a lot of it is that Nintendo spent a lot of effort making sure that the release games for the Game Boy were really good. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why the Game Boy was the dominant handheld for its entire life. Oh, even yeah. When, you know, even when it went to the Game Boy Color, and then the Game Boy Advance was dominant, and the DS, and the 3DS, and everyone else has tried. There was Sega Game Gear, that went nowhere. The Atari Lynx, that went nowhere. Um... The Sony PlayStation Portable, which I adored. I owned like three of them. Uh, <laughs> well, I owned the original one. Yeah. And, you know, those were a problem because some of them had dead pixels. Some of them had uh, pixels that never shut off. I had the bonus model. It had both. Uh, nice. And then I replaced that with a newer model, which was thinner and had a, a quicker spin-up time, stuff like that. And then I got the Go, which is the one that slipped and sort of shot open like a switchblade um right. so it had all three of those and there was the sony vita like the playstation vita yeah. and these were all good systems but none of them as have ever beaten nintendo at the handheld game uh yeah you know, I, there's a reason why they're so good that's true i think that i've just never been much of a handheld gamer um I mean, when i was a kid i had a game boy color and uh i think pokemon red and pokemon gold i think okay. but like that was about the extent of my my handheld gaming. I always personally I, I had a console at home and I found that games on the console were more robust and more fun, obviously because they weren't, you know, meant to be portable. Mm -hmm. If you if you compare uh Super Mario Land to, you know, one of the Super Mario games on the NES or, or SNES, there it's it's just underpowered. And that's I think that's a fair critique. It's not a critique, it's just a fact. Yeah. But it's it, it all depends really on, on I think, modern gamers trying to go back and casually enjoy and play an older handheld game from the Game Boy Color. It's it's going to be a difficult time. It really yeah. is. Well, the Game Boy Color, those games, I mean, they, they even sort of upgraded older games. So if you, pl if you plugged in Super Mario Land into the Game Boy Color, it became Color, and it looks like ass. Well, it's just sorry. awful. Uh, yeah. But yeah, well, the, you know, if you're going to... Like if you own a Nintendo console, spend the five bucks on this and spend the five bucks on Tetris. There's a few of those games you should give a shot to. You know, maybe you're not going to like them all. I hear some of the Zeldas are really good, but this one, Super Mario Land, is absolutely. If you're a platformer and you love Mario, you owe it to yourself to give this one a shot. I hear there was a second one. I don't think I've ever played it. Okay. Uh, you know, my Game Boy, like I said, it was the original brick. It was a beast. It was not backlit. It used four AA batteries. You got about four hours out of it. 
So I remember my mother at the airport, because we we figured it out, because they, we, they gave it to us about a week in advance to make sure we knew what we were doing with it before we took it on a plane. And I realized how quickly the batteries would go. My mother bought like three or four package, four packs of AA batteries <laughs> and we sort of met them out to us on the plane as we needed them. Oh, and, nice. you know, it's like a nine hour flight or whatever it is to, to Hawaii. And we went through those. We had nothing but garbage. We had nothing but empty batteries. What By the time we got to, uh, got to our place in Maui, it was wild. You know, and the thing is, if you touch the screen, if you damaged it, you get this line this vertical line through it and that line of pixels was forever lost to you well by the time we stopped playing that thing there was about a dozen pixels that were just <laughs> pixel lines that were just done but i don't know any kid who had a game boy that didn't have at least one of those because yeah. i mean the system was super sensitive and obviously over the years they kept rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding it but they didn't make it more powerful until the Game Boy Advance came out. They didn't have to. Yeah. It worked well. And that's why it worked well. It wasn't super powered, but it was super, it was just well, it was good. It was a well-made piece of, of gear and yeah. the games were really solid. And this, I would argue, is one of the most solid. Um, so we spent more time talking about the Game Boy than the actual game, but this is... <laughs> well, there's only so much to talk about about the game, right? Yeah, like... Super Mario Brothers. You like it or yeah. you don't, yeah. You know, it's funny because when, you know, when we both created our lists of which games we wanted to play, I think I had like two or three games for the Game Boy. Mm -hmm. And I sort of all narrowed it down to Super Mario Land and Tetris, which is a good one, too. But sure. Tetris is Tetris. But yeah, yeah Super how much Mario are you talking Land, about Tetris? Yeah, it's a little different. It's a little weirder. In some ways, I would argue it's better, though. I, I mean, I don't know anyone who likes the water levels in Super Mario Brothers for the NES. Mm. Um, except people who like pain, I guess. But wait, you like souls. So you probably love those levels. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I hate water levels in like 90% of video games. Yeah, because no one ever gets it right. And, and I think they took the criticism from Super Mario Brothers water levels, which are just shite. And here mm. they give you a submarine. Yep. So you don't float you, or you don't uh, sink and then have to pump yourself up. It, it just... You move where you want to, when you want to, and the control scheme is good, and you mm -hmm. shoot a lot. But it's yep. uh, it, it's a much more satisfying level. I've really enjoyed it, and, and I've actually completed the game several times as a kid. Uh, but yeah, so totally worth your time, and you know, go spend the four bucks it's going to cost you on uh, the Switch and whatever else. Yeah, that's that's a fair commentary. I think that it's it's worth you know four or five bucks just to sit down, even if you only get a couple hours of. Uh, hours out of it over the entire time that you own the game i think it's worth that yeah do you think if you ever get a switch again you think you'd ever pick this one up or you sort of had your fun and that's that uh i you know what i put in a solid 45 minutes on it and i don't think that i would go back to it one of the one of the game boys weaker portions was its music at least for me it didn't have really? a very powerful sound card I find the music of the Game Boy to more often than not be grating. Not because huh. it's not good music, but because they had to keep it very simple for a very yeah. simple sound chip. And it's funny because it, it, the music, when I sat down yesterday and played it just over lunch, it brought back so many memories. But then I grew up with a PC speaker. Yeah, where you so, had 16 assorted sounds that it could play. <laughs> yeah, like you should absolutely go and find the PC speaker version of a playthrough of a game called Battletech The Crescent Hawks Inception. And it is brutal and I love it. But again, <laughs> I, you know what? I grew up with it. It's it's that nostalgia thing, but I don't mind the lack of quality. So yeah. Sure. Yeah, but you anyway, say I'm a sadist. Yeah. 
So there it is. There it is. Hey, Farron. Do you like Star Wars? I like most of Star Wars. <laughs> okay. Uh, do you like the overly animated um, characters that Star Wars tends to put forward as its mascots for every uh, every trilogy? Uh, Misa say no. <laughs> well, perfect. So let's talk today about <laughs> Star Wars Episode One Racer. This is published by LucasArts and developed in joint, or sorry, it was developed by LucasArts and published in joint by LucasArts and Nintendo. This released a very small variation of dates, but mostly around May 1999. And you can find this at present on Windows, the N64, Game Boy Color, Mac, the Dreamcast, the Switch, the PlayStation 4, and the Xbox One. Yeah, I played so, it on the PC the like way back when in the day. There was a PC okay. version. It was actually pretty good, yeah. See, that was, that was the thing. Is the PC version was the, the better version of all the ones that were released contemporaneously with the yeah. original launch. Yeah. The N64 version doesn't have uh, music during the races. It doesn't have the cutscenes. It's just really? got like still panned images. Like it's It's very, very, very stripped down. But... I got this game when I was a kid, right after Star Wars Episode One came out. Yeah, in '99, so I would have been about seven-ish, and I loved, loved this game. Well, it's a legitimately good racing game. It really it is. is. It the is. The movie's garbage, but the game is good. And the movie's got salvageable parts. I still, I, I mean, I grew up Andy on the. On... It's over. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> grew up on the prequel trilogy man anyways uh so this is a, a fantastic game where it basically takes and expands upon the lore of star wars pod racing and it's just supposes what would the rest of this universe look like outside of the bunta eve on tatooine that we see anakin race in in episode one and you've got a whole bunch of uh whole bunch of the characters that you see um yeah uh in the movie you've got sabulba and then you've got everybody else whose names that i can't remember off the top of my head but they've they've all got names that i love the fact that they went through that it's got a lot of really great character to it the pit droids are just delightful little critters that run around and hey in fairness there is no jar jar binks in this game so tell me farron tell tell me about your life experience with episode one racer well same as you i played it at the time I actually think I might have pirated the game, but for the PC. <laughs> but uh, you know, I really dug it. It, you know, it. Here's the thing: the movie, I, I think, I maintain it's garbage, and I maintain the most wasteful sequence is the uh, is the pod racing sequence. Really? I, I think it's garbage. But then I think the whole scene on Tatooine is is far too long. It could have been two minutes long and moved on. But that's a that's a discussion for maybe another podcast we do. But the game was good. I mean, okay. <laughs> I played it now, and it looks like, well, everything else that came out of its time, it looks like crap. It's that early Polygon era. It's terrible looking. But once you get over that, you know, and I'm sure at some point, someone is going to mod this recently released PC version and make it high res, widescreen. And you know, and I'll probably play that. But here's the thing. I do, in fact, own this on Steam. 
Yep. Uh, I bought it. You know, it was, it was only a few bucks anyway. I bought it on sale, but I enjoy it. It it, it races reasonably well. Uh, not especially like that's not. It's not awesome. This is not Burnout Paradise, which is one of my favorite racers. Um, but it, I enjoy it. It's. I think it'd be a little. I, I almost think they should have make. They should almost make a sequel to it. Like I'd like to see a modern unreal engine take on this game but it's fun you know you'll get a few you, you know it's a little bit like the last game we played super mario land there's a lot of nostalgia involved but you get your money's worth if you buy it oh yeah a hundred percent then these are these are the games that we bring forward from our assorted time periods of childhood we both see our our favorite childhood games through nostalgia goggles there's no arguing that but I, I don't disagree. I think that this would be super cool to see brought into a more modern light, you know, put into the Unreal Engine and just just kind of, you don't even need to really expand on it. You don't need to add anything extra. It doesn't need to be anything that adds the canon, but we, Disney knows that this exists. It is It is a fact that this event happened in Star Wars lore. So, I mean, why not? Why not expand on it and say, yeah, it still happens. We know that we've got swoop racing. We know that we've got pod racing. There's a whole gang of different things and i would love to see nintendo or sorry disney take advantage of this and really push this forward and see what they can do to put out another good star wars racing game well and you know it's possible when we talked early on in this podcast about squadrons and how mm. it was sort of reviving the tie fighter x-wing series and it, they did such a good job of it and my hope is that ea or someone else looks at the success of squadrons and says you know what let's do this for pod racing and let's really you know now you can have huge multiplayer races and you can build tracks if you want and you could have a whole tuning thing and you know you tune the engines and they could sort of make it a little bit of a gearhead thing they could have some fun with this and i think people have gotten over their their hatred of the movie because you know that's a factor let's be honest it's a factor it is yeah what parts of the Star Wars universe Disney is willing to look at without, you know, without stirring up a lot of nerd rage. Um, and and I think it's far enough from that they could take this game and say, hey, let's just do something. Well, let, let, you know, let's, let's make a $30 title. Why not? I mean, hell, yep. there's a Hot Wheels racer coming out in September. Uh, That'd be fun. Hot, yeah, I'm totally looking for, I'm looking forward to that one. And, uh, you know, there's no reason this can't happen too, but maybe that's why they're releasing these old games like that's why they released are they you know they're releasing a uh was a remastered version of knights of the old republic yes yeah. you loved a lot maybe this is a test the waters thing like what what of our old games should we brush up clean up remake remaster whatever and it costs them very little to crank this you know sort of modify this little function on a modern pc and shove it out the door and see what comes of it and i wonder if that's why they did it yeah maybe i but i would also hope at the same time that they give it a little bit more spit and polish than just making it run on a modern pc well that's what they did for this i mean it looks like it still looks like shit uh, let's be oh, honest yeah. yeah but i mean like it was it was basically a straight port but i yes. would love to see this you know either get get a sequel or just some something that exists in in the same sphere where it's completely rebuilt you know like you said give it the give it the kind of customization options that we thought that we had in the original where you could just basically swap out for better parts and better parts until you had the best parts in your pod racer yeah um but actually you know make it a, a little bit more in depth i would really 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 enjoy that because yeah give man, it the squadrons I, treatment 
frankly. Yeah, exactly. Because I spent so much time on this as a kid. And I, all I could ever dream of was just being able to manipulate the, the pod racer the same way that you see Anakin do in the yeah. in the movie itself. And just, oh, I, I got, I, I had my nostalgia moment jumping it back there jumping back into this and playing this and and sitting down and, and reliving those moments of sitting on my living room floor and just spending hours grinding these races out well and they, and they, they were good tracks and it, it was really you know it was a well-made game for its day in the in the era of the the modern game controller with a left mm-hmm. right thumbstick that just lends itself to this game where you would control oh, yeah. two you know, your pod racer has two independent engines put one on the left thumbstick one on the right thumbstick and use the triggers and you're good yep like that it could be that simple um and there's got to be someone out there who's thought of this in the meantime there's someone remaking the original tie fighter game on their own in unreal and oh, nice you know and disney hasn't you know burned their house to the ground yet so maybe they just don't care uh it's just never gonna compete with squadrons so maybe someone's no. doing that for this i don't know but yeah, I would love to see this done as a twin stick controlled racer. It'd be a lot of fun. But in the meantime, you know, hop onto GOG or Steam or whatever and throw the ten dollars at this at this game and you know, despite the fact that it looks terrible, it's worth your time. Uh it does I, look I terrible out of it. Really, really does. Come I on. don't think it looks that bad. Like I know that you hate the N sixty four graphics for Really do. Yeah, yeah, for your assorted reasons. Yeah, but by the same token, I I didn't you know I I didn't live on the PS one, and there's a lot of people who love those PlayStation one great graphics. I'm always going to hang on to this game. I've still got my old N64 cart sitting downstairs in my boxes, and I will I'll never not love this game. I'll never not just bust out into a million smiles hearing the music and and just being dropped down in that first track. It so good. Anyways, I think that that about covers it. Yeah. Uh, Ah, there it is. There it is.